This episode of It's That Episode is sponsored by Audible.com, the leading provider of audiobooks and audio of all kinds for any device that you can even imagine. Uh, my guest today is Jerry Stahl. I'm very excited for this episode. And uh, he just came out with a book that is actually on Audible, and you can download it on me with a 30-day free trial if you go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan, C-R-A-I-G, R-O-W-I-N. Uh, the book he wrote is called Happy Mutant Baby Pills. He actually talks about it on the podcast. Uh, so if that sounds interesting to you, which it is, it is interesting, then you should listen to it on me by going to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. And also, if you're a fan of the show, why not leave a little uh, uh, review on iTunes? You don't have to, but you can if you want. All right, um, let's get to the show. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. I'm very excited today uh, because Jerry Stahl, the author of Permanent Midnight, I Fatty, and his new book, Happy Mutant Baby Pills, is in, in not my living room because I'm staying at somebody else's house, but in somebody else's living room. So welcome, Jerry. So they're going to come home and find this book. Yeah, they'll be like, what is this weird, could be scary. trippy, yeah. tripped out book? Um, I have to say that it's pretty serendipitous that how this worked out because I... How did it work out? I was at, actually, my friends who I'm staying with, uh, my friend John Gabris, his wife uh, had a birthday. I met them uh, for drinks at a place called Fatty's Public House, and it was Fatty Arbuckle themed. Are you serious? And, and oh. I was telling my friend and one of his friends about your book because I read it in college when it came out, and I loved it. I love comedy and, like, the history of it. And uh, then the next day I saw you were on Twitter, and I tweeted at you about the book, mm-hmm. and then I, we started a conversation, and it's cool that it actually it's, worked it's out. It's extra serendipitous because it was literally my first day on Twitter. So in, in well, three, Mark, Mark Maron goosed me into getting on Twitter to pimp my new novel. If, if I had contacted you three days later, you'd be swamped by assholes who are trying to troll you and you would not respond to anybody. And yet I'd be weirdly flattered to be <laughs> troll swamped. Um, so I'm glad it worked out. And, uh, and I Fatty is uh, a book that I really love. Oh, so thanks I, so much, man. I have mentioned it. So, but you have a... If it's you, optioned by Johnny Depp and soon to never be a movie. Well, uh, the, yes. he would make the perfect Fatty Arbuckle if he, he decided... Was gonna, he was going to be Keaton. It was going to be Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow. Yeah. That would be great. It's, you know, it's in, Has, it's in Hollywood purgatory for the duration. Now that I don't think there's ever been a movie about him at all, Fatty Arbuckle, I assume. Uh, there was a movie, I believe, called The Party, I think. It was semi about him. And uh, that's the best of my knowledge, the only, the only one. Well, it would be, I know... Crying yeah. out to be done. I, I had heard when, before Chris Farley died, supposedly, I don't know if this is just fiction, but that he had been, that was like the role he had been wanting to play before well, he died. Well, I know uh, he'd be a great, I know Jonah Hill was talking about it, but... You know, once you sell the rights to your book, it's like putting your child up for adoption. You, you can no longer complain about right. the dress they put her in. Right. Well, um, we're here to watch TV, but also you, I'm sure you want to talk about your new book, uh, Happy Mutant Baby Pills, if you want to let people know what, uh, what they can expect when reading that book. Yes, uh, Happy Mutant Baby Pills. It's a, uh, it's a lighthearted romp. Uh, As most of yours are. Right? Yeah, you know, it's a feel-good, uplifting 
give it to your friends on anniversary kind of book. Um, <laughs> it's about uh, a guy who's a failed writer, part of it. And uh, he's the kind of guy who, as a kid, would uh, he wanted to be a writer so bad, he, he'd read the backs of cereal boxes. And then he grew up and wrote the backs of cereal boxes, essentially, in the form, uh, among other things, of uh, writing the side effects copy for uh, prescription drugs. So he's the guy, his, his claim to fame is like, he came up with anal leakage. Which is a killer. Because seepage is like so revolting, but leakage is kind of around the house. Yes, seepage sounds like the whole house sewer yeah, problem. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to be good. But, but, you know, leakage is kind of like, hey, home repair. <laughs> and uh, he hooks up with a woman named Nora. I'll just keep it very brief while the people at home are nodding off. <laughs> uh, who decides to protest capitalism and the industrial deregulation and the horrible chemicals we are all exposed to by consuming every over, under, and beyond-the-counter product, chemical, solvent, emulsion she can find to give birth to the most mutant baby she can find as a protest against capitalism. Whoa, that's great. That like amazing. I said, it's feel-good. That's because great. Because, in truth, what, was ha- what happened is my wife, my now wife and girlfriend was pregnant at the time uh, when I started writing this book, and I got hooked up with this trial drug treatment at Cedars-Sinai for hepatitis C, which is what junkies get when they don't get AIDS, but took Glurid out, and uh, not to brag. And uh, <laughs> they told me if, while she's pregnant, she, if she so much as touched the sweat uh. from my skin on the bed, our baby would be born like purple with two Ron Perlman heads. So we had to uh, blow that off and... And I became obsessed, of course, with the uh, things that could go wrong. So, and do you know, you've, you've created a monster by asking me this, that in human breast milk today, there's like benzene, toilet cleaner, lithium, uh, that's you name so it. disturbing. That is well, on thing. the other hand, a child of mine might need some free lithium, so there's a, <laughs> there's a plus side. Um, yeah, I'm definitely worried. Like, I, on smaller uh, planes than mm-hmm. hepatitis C, but, like, you know, when you hear that deodorant has, like, aluminum in it, and right. you're like, uh, so now I use Tom's of Maine, which doesn't help me it's smell that, that, uh, but much better. But you, you no longer smell like fresh aluminum. But I knew a brain surgeon once who told me that people who use that stuff so much when they would do brain surgery... It would like travel up to the brain. It would like be like crunchy. Oh, that's so disturbing. I know. It almost makes you want to take a nap. <laughs> just thinking about this. Um, well, I'm super excited to read it. Oh, thanks, uh, I've read. Really, uh, I'm super excited to do the show. Um, so we're going to be watching a TV show that you chose um, called. Why don't you say what it's called and why you chose it? It's it's inside San Quentin, which is part of the prison porn. Offered every weekend yes. on MSNBC when they stop with the progressive news and get to the stuff people really want to see, which is losers behind bars. Right, which I've definitely watched this show. This is the show where it's like it's Saturday afternoon and you're just flipping and it's on. I'm like, all right, two hours lost. It's I'm just fucking gonna... riveting. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty amazing. And we have, we're going to watch the one San Quentin, and you said that you've actually had experience there. Yeah, I actually there. taught up at San Quentin uh, for this odd show that Bruce Sanofsky, the guy who did like Paradise Lost and all those other great dramas, um, did called San Quentin Film School. And he did these documentaries about the uh, Memphis Three, which I yeah. hope I'm not getting the title of those documentaries wrong. Yeah, I think it is in front, of, yeah. in front of somebody and their brain just recoils. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I went up there and taught and met these guys who were just like incredibly calm incredibly cool but you know you just hear these brutal stories yeah you so you never really when you're there experienced the the thing the reason that they got there was you're i the, raped in the shower no <laughs> finally somebody answers that question on my podcast you know it's it's the eternal question really um <laughs> but it is it is an iconic thing you know you're on the yard and these guys are kind of looking at you sideways like fresh meat fresh jew meat in my case <laughs> They don't get much of that up there. And uh, it was an incredible experience. And I'm sure I learned a lot more than them. And what, were you working on a pro- specific project with them? I was uh, teaching them writing. That's great. Were they receptive to it? I assume they were, that... They were incredibly receptive. And needless to say, they had amazing fucking stories. I mean, you want to hear the saddest story I ever heard? I mean, I'll tell you this, it's yes. very short. <laughs> Guy has two strikes against him, right? Another crime, and he's going away for life. He gets caught. He thinks he's going to be sent away. He's so depressed. He tries to kill himself. Fucks up. Blows his chin off. So he's like got this completely disfigured face. Then goes to jail and goes back to prison on a weapons charge. Oh. <laughs> Is that oh. not the definition of like That's bad luck? Insult to injury. <laughs> well put. B- b- yeah. Times a million. That is and for the rest of your. You look in the mirror and say, "I am a fucking loser." Oh my god! Yeah. And you're in jail. You're like everything went wrong. Everything, everything went wrong, and now I have no bottom half of my mouth. If only he was able to hide the gun before anybody showed up to. Yes, this. he was in a coma. Sadly, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Wow, that is brutal. Anyway. So that's uh, that's a reason to feel grateful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And aim better if you're going to go that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aim to uh, yeah, to set it up, put a little more forethought into the the part of your face that you're aiming at. <laughs> um, so either that or he hated his chin. One or the other. Wait right. He was just like, I, I can't afford the surgery. <laughs> gonna, Maybe this will yeah, help. I'll just blow my chin off. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we're going to be checking out um, Locked Up. It's season or Lock Up, season one, uh, Inside San Quentin. And I feel like I've probably seen parts of this episode at some point. I think uh, we all have. And yeah, we've all experienced it. Of course, San Quentin, also a place where Johnny Cash has a classic course, uh, performance yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. Um, even though I feel like that's the part, or maybe, I don't know, I haven't seen so many episodes of this, but you worked on something creative at a prison, Johnny Cash came in, like, this doesn't show any of the, uh, like, n- I- interesting creative or uh, nice parts of prison. <laughs> the this nice is- parts of prison. <laughs> I also, in my last novel, uh, Painkillers, which was a uh, another lighthearted romp um, about Joseph Mengele. I've heard of him. Uh, yes, he was the... Uh, Butcher of Auschwitz, Angel of Death at Auschwitz, who would experiment on children. Sure. But in this book, he was living in Reseda and really miserable about it. But he had ended up in uh, in San Quentin. So you must have done a lot of research. Uh, well, I, I had done it sort of accidentally by being there, and I was fascinated by it. And I was fascinated by Nazis in America. So I. Uh, wrote a novel with San Quentin in it as well. Yes. So it's a very has a big place in my heart. And this is an appropriate episode to watch. So we're going to watch it now. Is there anything that you're um you're anticipating or any flashbacks that you expect to have uh, from I'm anticipating the great joy that I think all Americans get by seeing people who aren't them behind bars <laughs> so that they can feel good about their own lives. Exactly. There's only so many times during the day that you have to remind yourself that this isn't that you know, bad. Sometimes it's like not going that well and the bill collectors are calling and you think, "Well, at least I have my own chin and I'm not in Quentin. 
Exactly. It's the little things. It's the gun charge uh, <laughs> that keeps you happy, uh, avoiding it. Lack so, yeah. so right now I am going to be watching. This is exciting. I'm, we're just going to, I'm with Jerry Stahl, we're going to watch Lock Up. Um, let's do it. A modern prison would have solid doors to protect officers during feedings. But here, the cell fronts are open, allowing inmates the opportunity to assault officers in perhaps the most unsavory way possible. The absolute worst thing that can happen to you is to have that gassing, is what we call it. It's a mixture of feces and urine, sometimes fermented for days until it, it stews into something that is so grotesque you can't mention it. And that is thrown on the officer through the bars. A lot of these guys are, are infected with hepatitis C, uh, HIV, and many other diseases. I'd rather be punched, I'd rather be kicked, I'd rather be stabbed than to be uh, gassed like I was back in 92. All right. We just World watched uh, Lock Up. Lock, locked Up? Lock Up. Lock Up. From MSNBC in yes. San Quentin. Uh, pretty intense. I feel like the first thing we noticed was the music in it, how they definitely try to... Uh, yeah. to uh, I mean, it's sensationalizing it in such a weird way. You think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and not, it's, not, it's, it's prison with a beat. Yeah, exactly. You're really tapping your toes to those guys doing hard time and going out of their fucking heads. Which, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the one thing you can't ever really capture on a show like this is you can show the living style. You can yeah. show all that. But like, I mean, these people are in here for years and no, years and tiny years. Tiny little spaces. And I am just... You know, in the macro sense, like, what is it about this that makes it, like, just dynamite entertainment for, like, middle America? Yeah. Well, it, fuck middle America. For me. Well, yeah. It's fucking riveting. It, it reminds me of uh, Running Man, the movie with Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, where sure. it's, like, just watching prisoners fight it out to the yeah. death. This is, like, that's a slightly heightened version of it, but that's pretty much what we're watching. It's, like, how exactly. people survive and, like, fiending off this weird... Absolutely true. It's, like... Guys in boxer shorts dying a long, slow death, and we're just like, wow. Yeah. Past the Fritos. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, I mean, it's just amazing. It's, and then they do this like patina of like social awareness and responsibility that they sort of put over it. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, I, I like that the first thing that, the first quote from an inmate, uh, in this episode was uh, I was a sociology major. <laughs> they should show this. You know, it's a fi- little known fact about Quentin flooded with sociology <laughs> majors. It's just it's remarkable. I also like the fact the warden is like the lady from a fucking 50s sitcom who bakes you a pie. Yeah. She had like the this, short hair, the bob hair or whatever. And yeah, she looks like, like a way mom. before your time. But she's like fucking Donna Reed. Yeah. I or, wonder uh, I wonder know. what it takes. I mean, like we were just saying before we got on the she's mics. Like, what from the Andy Griffith show, like running San Quentin. You yeah. Know? And you even if you're not dealing like I'm sure she doesn't handle prisoners, but you have to be hardened in a sense to be able to deal with that. Well, I just like the fact that she got the job. Yeah. I mean, there's like these fucking testosterone mountain men like you know these guards are out there kicking ass and she's just keeping them in line 
Yeah, and uh, you were saying before we got on the mic that you would probably immediately... I mean, I'd immediately die in prison. I'd feel like there's no, like, mechanism. Like, it, what we saw with there was that... You don't that, think your college degree would help? Uh, I have. I did film studies at a small liberal arts college. Do I, I get a could, pass? You could kick around, you know, the new wave. <laughs> French new wave with those guys. Yeah, they'd be super psyched <laughs> to learn the right thing about postmodernism in film. Uh, you know, it's all about POMO. <laughs> Abseg at, uh, at Quentin. It's it's. Just remarkable family entertainment. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I was most impressed because a lot of the – I mean, it's two things. Is One was I, – I think it's just how creative they get in in prison is pretty amazing because I know – I don't know about you, but I have no technical – like I don't know how to – I can't plug in a lamp without y- night school. Yeah, exactly. It's pathetic. And these guys are in right? their, their cells, which literally one of those cells was so small that – Two of the men, six by nine, six by nine. So they yeah. literally, it was the bed, and there was like a plank, like sized walkway that they could walk through to get to. Yeah, the Yeah, and there's a toilet in there, and so, so they're they, living in a tiny bathroom. Yeah, it's basically like a closet You're bathroom. In a toilet, yeah. And and the one guy was so, um, what's the word, crafty, that he, yeah, he both he would wash his clothes in the toilet. Yes, he would. Which. I guess sounds gross to us, but that's just how it goes there. I say hats off. I mean, these guys are fucking rocket scientists. Yeah. I mean, think about it. In the course of your day, how much do you actually have to figure out? Nothing. I mean, literally nothing You turn on a switch. You turn on a dryer. You fucking... These guys, everything they do, they have to fucking invent. It's it's going back... And try not to get killed in the process. Yeah, it's like going back to primitive living in terms of what you're... You don't have access to anything modern. It's like the the things that they're creating weapons out of are magazines, like plastic wrappers, like screws from the bottom of beds. And they're, I mean, it's like disposable razors. Exactly. Or tracers as they're known. Right. Which I had never heard of before, but stick around. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of great prison terms, but, um, you and I would just be new fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite like Shawshank. I watched this movie. Um, have you ever seen this movie Brubaker before? Of course. With yeah, I, Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah. That was like, I assume that was based on a real thing. Based on Brubaker. Yeah. And uh, with that prison, I guess the whole thing was that it was a, like a farm. They, they'd mm-hmm. basically sell off. Uh, they'd use the prison as workers for, you know, crops. AKA and, slaves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, they get like a nickel a month. Yeah. And like nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Hanson Robert... Yeah, Redford comes, comes in, in and he reforms the prison. He does, yeah. Um, but and he's got really good hair. Oh, he looks delightful. And he, he's, a, you know, he's the handsomest guy in the joint. Yeah, he's that's how he got the job. Really, <laughs> exactly. He's he brew the other brew the real brew baker was just as strikingly handsome as him. I assume it was completely true to life. Uh, it great, actually was great casting. Uh, but the, the prison that they're in San Quentin is also like, I mean, I is an old prison. Well, you know, what's amazing about San Quentin when you go there is that it's like the most beautiful piece of California coastal real estate in the world. And they're always trying to you know, there's always a move to sell it off and make money for the state. Cause it's right. It's like a fucking resort in hell you know it looks right over the ocean it's beautiful that would make the perfect start of a horror movie is them selling yes. off a prison 
Of course. Then the family I moves think you in. And I might have just made a million dollars together. All right, yeah. listen, we're striking a deal right now. <laughs> That's right. This is the evidence that we came up with it together. That's right. Um, and then the one prisoner is left behind, and oh and God. he just goes around rampaging a, a new posh town. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, we have to do it now. It's it's got to <laughs> be done. Um, the most chilling thing to me when I was there is I went into the gift shop to buy like. Chachkis. Wait, is there really a gift shop? I swear to God. I really... thought you were kidding. No, I'm not fucking kidding, man. The prisoners make stuff. Um, one, I bought like a, a thing. I made like a reenactment of a cell, and they make things like uh, they make dice. I mean, not dice, dominoes, little dominoes and stuff. And the guy who worked there, as I was leaving, he said, "Have a nice life," because I can't. And I, you know, I felt bad. He was like one of these gnarly guys who might have been like 30 or he might have been 60. You know, just this complete, weathered, old, tatted up freak. Just a, you know, a guy who was there for just, you know, out of the gate. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's such an odd vibe. I wonder if he says that to everybody who comes into the shop. I like to think he thought I deserved to hear it. <laughs> that would be great. He's like, he's like oh, I think I affected that guy. I one guy. I, I guilted out this Jew. It feels like he should, by all rights, be here. As if you're not already feeling bad enough. I know. I mean, you know, if you're just like a liberal guy. But, you know, you go there and the cats I was with in this in this class and we're talking about movies and... You know, the stories are so hilarious. Well, you know, uh, this isn't why I became a prisoner, but my father, like, burned my puppy alive. And, you know, you hear these things that are just, you can't make them up. You can't mock them. You can't even really hear them. Right. You kind of have to sit back and let these guys talk. Yeah, it's just sort of a different plane of living than we're used to. It's a lot more real. Yeah, yeah. And another amazing thing I saw is that they have a sweat lodge right off, like every, there's on the yard, there's like, you know, this group gets the basketball, this racial group gets the baseball, and the Native Americans had a sweat lodge, and I, I just, can you imagine going into a dark, like, you know, steaming pit with just a bunch of uh, it's just i'd be nervous going to a regular one because yeah i'd be i'm not a sweat lodge guy yeah yeah but you know <laughs> but um, that... san quentin sweat lodge another great title that's a great <laughs> name for a band or an album or a book <laughs> that's right and uh or, or, or my next memoir um, <laughs> wow I'm, I'm, yeah I've been, I've been groping for a title and i think you've helped me out um I, well that's i i'm glad i'm part of the you process know, when strangers collaborate good things happen <laughs> um now when you were in there did you i mean like we're seeing when we're watching lock up they show the nitty-gritty i mean they show the minutia the daily life the this the, i assume that you were sort of ushered away from that stuff or were you I no, mean, they, they put me right in the hole. <laughs> they just left me there. And then they came back in two days and said, okay, Jew, <laughs> what do you think now? <laughs> um, no, they, they took us into a nice little room and, you know, they marched these guys in and a guard kind of stood in the back. But look, I'm not naive. I mean, there's fucking killers and animals. And if they weren't like that when they got in, they sure ended up that way. But, you know, these are kind of like these guys are doing life. and They're just... 
I, I hate to march out the word mellow, but I let's just say I did, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say I did not feel men as menaced as, as one might have. Right. On the other hand, these are the guys who like signed up to take a film course. And right. They weren't going to. You know, they had to weed them out. They're like, I want to kill a Hollywood Jew. I'm going to sign up for this. <laughs> Another great name for a, a memoir. I want to kill a Hollywood Jew. <laughs> oh, my God. The hits are just coming. Just, you know, we're, it's just so prolific. <laughs> um, I, well, the, one of the things that I learned. I want to kill a Hollywood <laughs> Jew. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm, it's... I'm sniffing a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're listening, you can tweet at both of us. I don't know, hashtag, throw a hashtag in sure, there. Sure, we'll, yeah. We're, we're using the social media, so just go for it that's right make the poster for <laughs> I, do I what you go. have to do we'll take our nickel yeah um and what i what i learned in this which was so foul but the, the was the uh the one guy who was talking oh, so basically when they are quote unquote feeding the uh the people on death yeah, they row, were talking about the feedings the feedings which is such a obviously dehumanizing way to put it um they the it's super dangerous even though they're just sliding uh like a tray of food in it becomes really dangerous because they'll try to stab you they'll try to spit you but the uh, spit on you but one of the things that i did not know about was the gassing Gassing. yes the plastic bag full of as he put it feces and urine (laughs) feces and urine that's just really enough i had an aunt (laughs) feces so it was just kind of like nostalgic for me um an aunt feces and an aunt cece but (laughs) it was really remarkable these guys worried about being gas and and what I love is he said, they keep it in there and it becomes grotesque. I mean, it's just like this fucking shit soup that these guys get thrown at them. And he'd rather be punched. That's he, what he said. No, I think he said he, he was gassed yes, in yeah, 1992. He, he said he was gassed in 1992. This is, I think, in 2007. For him. Yeah. So this is 15 years later. He said, I would rather be stabbed than yes. gassed, which is yeah. that. I mean, I guess that was pre-mask. Yes, that was yeah. So they, now they wear these masks, these special uh, like riot gear style. So he got masks. a mouthful of convict shit. Oh my god, that's not pretty. That is not. Pre- and as he said some of them have hepatitis C. Ugh. So I, I'd have been cool because I had hepatitis C. They couldn't fuck. They'd be like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, God, throw another one. Another story. What do I but, care? Yeah, but like that is imagine like going home to your <laughs> wife and be like, how Funny. was work with today? Well, uh, I was, um, do you know what gassing is? It's when they, here, let me show you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can smell it already. Okay. I have oh, to eat man. dinner on the lawn. Daddy's home. Oh, that's just so foul. And yeah, I mean, and I will tell you something else that blew my mind. There's, there's like little cottages up there near, near the prison of like some people who work there. Actually, you know, they live there. So they're on the premises. Yeah. That's yeah. That must be a. That's a, the third horror movie you're going to be writing. Yeah, about. that is just the the child who lives there. Yeah. What would it be? Maybe uh, the child lives there. He befriends a murderer. Befriends a special ex-con yeah. convict who it turns out has been dead for fifty years. <laughs> He hasn't lived here in 50 years. But Daddy, <laughs> I just saw him. He made me feel special. These are these are such a good storylines. I know. What are we doing here? I know. It makes uh, me want to kill a Hollywood Jew just talking about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that we're Namely talking myself. About, <laughs> but it's also so funny because we're saying about how terrible. I wish I was a Hollywood Jew for Christ's sake. <laughs> and we're talking about how like American it is to like be watching these shows, know, and, and then we're all we're, we're like sitting here like brainstorming. Yeah, I know, just feeding like parasites yeah, off like, the pain of these fucking. Yeah, prisoners. I mean it is yeah, so. Br- it's, I hate myself all over the place. There was this uh, Werner Herzog documentary that came out a couple years ago, or fairly recently called, I think, Into the Abyss. I saw and, that. Oh, yeah, my God. Amazing. So amazing. And the, I want the, if you haven't, if listeners haven't seen it, it's worth, I think it's streaming on Netflix. It's totally worthwhile. But the, yeah, one absolutely. of the opening uh, interviews is with the, like the pa- a pastor or a yes. priest who walks each one of the, the, that's his job his, to walk them to their death. And, death walker. And he was like saying how he, I think he started and he like supported capital punishment, but by then by the after end, years, forget it. Yeah. And those interviews with those guys, I know. I know. so into. I mean, it's like it's just a, d- a different. It's a yeah, a different, complete world. Side note: I did a reading with Werner Herzog's son. That's amazing. His first name escapes me. Who wrote a book about? This is something you may want to know about Nazi humor. Whoa! Jokes. From Nazi times. Wow. Which is an incredibly weird. Wow. And kind of bizarrely funny book. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Wait. Japes and gags from Nazi days. Is it a thick, is it a thick, uh, uh, like, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a tome. Uh, but it was, it was because I I recently was in a bookstore <laughs> is, in LA. Is there a bigger collection of <laughs> Nazi there was, and No, it was it wasn't Nazi humor. It was anti-Semitic humor. It was comics. Well, that's going to be a bigger it a, book. It was a compendium. Yeah, it's it a like, bigger book. Yeah, are people me? are like, ooh, is the, this is for me? <laughs> wow, what, what's that called? Um, is I don't that also called. I want to kill Hollywood. Too? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> the title of that one. Yeah, no, so, seriously, there's a collection of anti. Yeah, yeah. By, by comics or that's just it's not comedians. It's just it's just no, no, no. It's These historical. It's a historical ones. Yeah. I sort of. I gotta get this. I was in a bookstore with my wife, you know, and, and Christmas is coming. As is Hanukkah. I know that's true. Hanukkah is right on Thanksgiving, so it's two. Is it? One. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Fantastic. We can eat and tell anti-Semitic jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this book, I was in a bookstore and I was drawn to this, like, and I was looking through it with my, like, and my wife was like, uh, this isn't, why are we looking at this? This isn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> you discovered a whole new side of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I mean, now I have to look at the, I'm such a fan of Werner Herzog that I oh, have amazing. to get yeah. into his son's, uh, Nazi humor Yeah, he book. was there. He actually lives in Los Angeles, but he's very low key. I, I can imagine. I mean, he's, uh. I had like a three minute conversation with him and I was just. I don't know about you, but when I meet people I really respect and admire, I have nothing to say. Right. I'm like, you know, I enjoy your work. You know, I just, I just fucking clam up yeah. like a douche because I, I, I'm so in awe of him. I mean, and also the places what you, he's been. What do you say to Werner Herzog? I mean, like he hasn't heard. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's done. He's an amazing human being, and he's just. Yeah. I mean, his storytelling is so incredible, and like his own story. I mean, like. You know, he literally didn't he do have a bet with somebody that if he lost, he'd eat a shoe, and then he filmed himself eating a, a leather shoe. I believe that's true. Yeah, I mean, and then he did that that thing about Klaus Kinski, my best my, fiend, my best fiend. That's unbelievable. I mean, that relationship between them is like a, a yeah. He's he's incredible. Your dog is filleting my arm. I'll put that out there for the fans. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're uh, for those listeners to paint the picture, a couple episodes ago. Oh, Artie, Artie, Artie. A couple episodes. Uh, you name your dog after Artie Lang. Weirdly, uh, it's not your dog. Not by my the way. dog, it's... but yeah, he's uh, he's named after. Which is a sitcom you're working on, I believe, right? Not my dog. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, what can I do? It's not, not my, my dog. dog. <laughs> Full clapping laughter. Um, yeah, all right with you. Yeah, we. we well, that's. It, I'm. I, I'm so happy that you're here because this again, it's so serendipitous. And, it's completely so. And right. lick my feet. And uh, talk to the dog, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, yeah. that was me. I'm I'm now licking Jerry Stahl's feet. If you're, uh, that old root. That's another book there, right there. Yeah. Licking Jerry Stahl's feet. Um, yeah, but it's uh, I, the fact that you picked also lock up and that you have uh, experience there. I mean, this this episode of television is so. I mean, you said before, but it's so like it's so watchable. It's just. So, it also says it's one of those rare shows that says more about the viewer than. The viewed. It does. The fact that I just picture like mom and pop and the kids kick because it's weekend, kind of weekend. Yes. Must see. Just kicking back. It's like Saturday afternoon. Kids home from school. God, look at that guy's shank. Wow. And you're waiting for the riot to break out. It's always there's tension. There may be a gang riot later on this afternoon. Yeah, it's it's weird. I I got in this circle because on Netflix Instant, it's like it recommends stuff for you and like this. I've definitely watched this style. Like you know, I get sucked into the serial killer world, and then all this. Kidding me? And now there's do you even leave it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you sucked in. Exactly. And the, the, I watched one about um, this is a little off topic, but about okay. uh, doomsday preppers. Oh my and god, doomsday preppers! Like, an, another one of these total worlds that, like San Quentin, at least like I mean, I you know the steps that you take to get to San Quentin. It's like the Good it's dark point. and yes. dirty, but like yes. doomsday preppers. It's, it's voluntary. This whole thing where it's like I have chosen to see the world in this certain way, where I know that yeah. uh, nuclear war is imminent, or or anarchy, or the fall of the government is so close. That or Hollywood Jews. Yeah, that or us too. Do you ever have the feeling like how disappointed are they going to be on their deathbed? Yeah. When it's like I spent my whole life prepping for doomsday. Doomsday. And, like, I died of a rectal tumor. Yeah. Which is its own little doomsday. <laughs> yes. But not the one that, you know, the safe house under the porch is going to... Yeah, and they not only have they spent their lives, they spent all their money. I mean, like... And, and their families. It's always like a family thing. How can you... Your relationships must be also so weird because it's like, we're friends... Uh, you, your family's in the, in the circle, but we're friends. I can't tell you where my doomsday stuff is because when doomsday comes, hate about you. it's kill or be killed. It's so true. And yeah. they're just waiting so, to gloat because that's the moment when it all fucking pays off. Yeah. yeah. You laughed at me? Well, fuck you, radiated asshole. <laughs> yeah, you're just sniping <laughs> them down from your bunker. Yeah, or just watching them like get all fritzed out. And, oh, yeah. So That's, all that's your, living, that's, my friend. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's Absolutely a, true. That, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, like you're looking at, if you're a doomsday prepper, you're looking at every person you meet as a potential person that's going to try to take your stuff. Right. Uh, or a cause of the apocalypse. Or food. Or food. You're seeing them as food. Yeah. And different types of people need to be cooked different types of ways. It's and so true. Yeah. A little, if you're a little chunkier, you're fattier meat. It's sort yeah. of like a corned beef sandwich. Yeah. Or crock pot. <laughs> or crock pot. Just let it stew. Big crock pot. Just let it stew all day long. That's right. Um, one of the things I do when we watch uh, an episode yes. of TV is I... Um, 
ask the uh, guests to come up with a drinking game or a we can do a non-alcoholic drinking game as well for if you're watching uh, Lock Up. What would you recommend for like when people should uh, take a drink if they're trying to watch Lock Up to get drunk? Really? That's a thing. I would say every time. See, my theory about this is that it's really essentially a homoerotic Whoa, okay. Hour of entertainment. Because if you noticed, every guy in there is insanely buff. They're jacked up. They are serious. They're beyond six-pack. Because they have so much they time. A lot of t- and the guards, the guards are beefier. Yeah. The guards are like, and they all wear those like shirts that are just tight enough to show their big, fat, massive testosterone. Whoa. Enhanced guns. You're totally right. And I think it's just like a way for guys at home in middle America to just fucking get off while sitting there with their wives. Right. I got off topic with the drinking game. No, no, so no. I guess I'm it would intrigued. be. I guess it would be every time, you know, Joe go to work in like you know butt fuck Montana has to hide his boner. <laughs> he has to take a shot. Every time you get a boner watching this, you have to suppress it with a drink, yes, which every, is what every, you're already doing if you're suppressing yes, it. You're, you're drinking to hide the fact that you are, like, wildly turned on <laughs> by, you know, this guy who ate his mother from, like, you know, Biloxi and is now doing time in San Quentin and doing a lot of push-ups and pull-ups and, you know, hitting the yard. Yeah. These guys hit the yard. There's some serious iron being thrown Yeah, up. well, there and a lot of the gangs are, I think, built up. We didn't see it in this episode, uh, but uh, but built up because they're in, they're in yeah. gangs, and one of the things is just, like, working out in the yard. Well, you've with seen American gang. Me. Yeah. I mean, that's it all started, yeah. Those guys run the outside from the inside, you it's, know? Yeah. So that would be my drinking game. That is so long story <laughs> short, that's the anytime you feel the homoeroticism. Anytime you feel the need to like hide hide the boner from your family, just take a quick drink. And what would be the perfect drink that matches up with this this with this TV show? Uh, well, I think because there was so much gassing involved, I'm going to go with <laughs> Nestle's Quick. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the corporate version of gassing is yeah it's just you know just whip up some brown water and uh, throw it down. But you have to I don't mean to be crude, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean you had to see the show. You have to and you can watch it. But you you also can't. You don't have to the, watch it now. You you can't drink the Nestle's Quick out of a cup. You have to pla- put in a plastic, plastic bag. bag, my friend. Yeah. yeah, the way I don't know. This might be before your time when you used to buy a goldfish. Oh, right, in a little bag. Except it's going to be feces and urine if you're behind bars. Right. But here, just the home at the home game, in the San Quentin home game, and dep- it's just Nestle's Quick. And depending on what you're eating, if you're and making... And some lemonade. <laughs> yeah, and some... You just mix it. Lemonade and I Nestle's... I can't believe the level of humor I've like brought you down to. Jesus. I, I start at that level. That's so. okay, and I work my way south. I'm with you. So uh, so we're the perfect pairing. Well, Perfect. Um, I appreciate... I really appreciate you coming and watching this with me. Uh, I'm excited to uh, read your new book. Happy Mutant Baby Pills. And uh, I, urge, I urge everybody else to uh, to check it out. Um, the legendary uh, Jerry Stahl. Uh, thank thank you, you, man. This was really... I've done a lot of interviews, but this is the first one where we got to talk gassing. <laughs> Hopefully not the last. No. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. I'd like to thank again my guest Jerry Stahl for dropping by. I really appreciate it. I'm a fan of his work, and it was uh, really great talking to him and creating a lot of uh, 
good ideas for movies and TV shows with him. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you're a fan of the show, uh, become a fan on Facebook. It's that episode. Follow me on Twitter uh, at Craig Rowan and uh, leave a review on iTunes. Like I mentioned at the beginning in a high pitched voice, for some reason I did it like that. Um, And also if you're a fan uh, why don't you watch the movie The Fan with uh, Wesley Snipes and I believe it was Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but uh, I saw that in the theater and it has the word fan in it and you might be a fan. So I thought that that could be interesting for you. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Amigos.